0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. It's so good to be here in the house of God. Can you guys believe it's March? It was March last Sunday too, but I think it's kind of finally starting to sink in this Sunday. That it's March I can't believe it the year is flying by today we're going to talk about choices and I've shared with some of you but I love to cook and so as you can imagine I love watching other people cook and the Food Network is an absolute favorite of mine I enjoy everything from chopped to diners drive-ins and dives And one night after work, I was watching Chopped. And if you're not familiar with it, it's a show where the chef contestants are given a mystery basket of ingredients and a limited amount of time to prepare something incredible. And in real time, they're they're making split-second decisions, split-second choices on what they will prepare, working with each of the mystery ingredients. Well, on this particular episode that I was watching, the show brought in three mentor judges, and one of them was chef Alex Gornicelli, who's an iron chef. And she and the other two judges were there to taste and to comment and ultimately score the food. Well, one winner is going to ultimately be chosen. And after the judges tried one of the dishes, a contestant actually apologized for not doing something better. And Chef Alec said something that stopped me in my tracks. Cause you know sometimes we have the TV on but we're not like actively watching, it's kind of just in the background. But I stopped and I thought oh my word and I immediately reached for a notepad to write this down. She said, after this chef apologized, she said it's not a question of ability, you're a master. It's a question of choices. It's not a question of ability, you're a master. It's a question of choices. We all make choices every single day. And it's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious choices every single day. Can you believe that? 35,000 decisions in a day. Whether to get up when your alarm goes off or hit the snooze button. What are you gonna wear to work today? What's for breakfast or am I gonna skip it? Should I pack a lunch or just get fast food? Should I take the freeway today or side streets? Elevator or the stairs? 35,000 choices per day. And we know that every decision, every choice that we make comes with a consequence. And consequences can be both good and bad. A consequence is simply the result of a decision. And maybe because we took the stairs, our heart is a little bit healthier and we are more in shape. And because we packed a lunch instead of grabbing fast food, at the end of the week, we have more money in our account. We took side streets so we missed bumper-to-bumper traffic or that three-car pileup on the freeway. There is a consequence or a result for every choice that we make. We're familiar with the concept of sowing and reaping in the Bible, right? Well, Galatians Chapter 6, verses 7 through 10 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Each and every time we make a choice, we sow a seed of some kind. Today, a choice may just seem like a choice. It stands alone. But after a while, our choices form habits, and our habits form lifestyles. And there is always a sowing and a reaping that goes along with that. It's just part of God's process. And I find it interesting that in the first part of that scripture that we read, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. In other words, don't kid yourself. You can't fool God. There's no hiding from God. Every single seed that you sow Every single choice that you make, nothing goes unseen. God sees all. And, you know, I honestly, God knows, I can't imagine a life without him. He is the very breath that I breathe. He is my sunshine. He's my all in all. He's the creator of my day. He's the author of my story. He is Alpha and Omega, first and the last, the beginning and the ending, almighty, most holy God. And in my life, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In my life, there is no one or nothing on the throne of my heart but Jesus Christ. But so many people wake up every morning without God. And whether you believe in God or not, don't kid yourself, he's always there, always watching. Whether you talk to him or not, whether you acknowledge him or not, he's always there if someone started a campaign saying the sky is purple we'd all go um no the sky is actually blue thank you though that's (laughs) fact right God is the creator of heaven and earth and that blue sky and that is also fact so the Bible urges us not to grow weary or tired in making good choices in sowing the right seeds. Verse nine says, we shall reap if we faint not or if we do not lose heart. So what does it actually mean to reap? Well, if anyone's familiar with harvest, that's a a familiar term. But get this, the definition of reap actually means to cut or gather a crop or harvest, to harvest the crop from a piece of land, or third, receive a reward or benefit as a consequence of one's own actions or other people's actions so it is the result of our actions the reaping the result the harvest is a direct result of our choices our choices will either pr- prove us faithful to the house of God or our choices would have us only come once a month or whenever we feel like it our choices will prove us hot lukewarm or cold Christians undercover Christians even, or bold in our faith. If we sow the fruits of the Spirit in our choices, in our day-to-day lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the harvest will always be abundant and greater than our storehouses can hold. I received a word from the Lord a couple of years ago And it was, prepare the storehouses, the increase is coming. There is always a harvest in the process of being planted by the choices that we are making in our lives. And either an increase or a decrease is coming. But what about the empty field, the barren field? The field where only sprigs that grow are seedlings that just the wind carried over. Some fields yield no harvest. Why? Because actually doing nothing is a choice. I was in the middle of my week this week when that thought hit me, and it kind of hit me square between the eyes. Doing nothing is a choice. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 through 34 says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 4 says, The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. What are you up to? Oh, not much. Nothing. Nothing much. Doing nothing is as much of a choice as doing something. The issue with not tending to your field, with doing nothing, is that whatever the wind blows can easily fall onto your field and take root. We are in charge of, and responsible for the harvest. Good or bad, great or small, in your own life, you are responsible for the harvest. Doing nothing is a choice. People don't get to the end of their life regretting what they did, do they? People get to the end of their life regretting what they didn't do. So what is the harvest? What is the reaping? What is the result of doing nothing? Well, we just kind of read about it, and we'll read about it again, but poverty is the result of doing nothing. If we don't work, we won't be able to pay our bills, right? We we won't be able to keep a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food on our table, or gas in our car. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, he who has a slack or lazy hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 12.11 says, He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Proverbs 12.24 says, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to labor. Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. So what's another result of doing nothing? Nothing is a choice. Evil. If we don't stand up for what's right, we create space for sin to take root in our field, in our lives. Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. James 4.17 says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Romans 7, 19 says, For the good that I will to do. This is an interesting scripture because I think this is telling for a lot of people and a lot of Christians that are just trying. But the Bible says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Sin can have a stronghold in our lives and it can be hard to get away from. Another version of this passage says, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Ephesians 5.16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Or another version says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. It's, the world's getting crazier and crazier out there. It really, really is. And the Bible already knew where we'd be at in 2020, and what we'd be going through. But the days are evil, and so the Bible's ur- urging us to make the most of every opportunity, to make the most of our time that we have left. There's an, I'm, gonna, I'm just talking about television shows this morning, apparently, because I got another one for you. <laughs> but there's a show called, What Would You Do? Has anybody heard of that? Yeah, What Would You Do? Using hidden cameras and actors, this show creates various scenarios and we get to see how ordinary people behave when they are confronted with dilemmas that require them either to take action or to walk by and mind their own business. And it's really interesting, the response. Some people just walk by and they don't wanna get in the middle of any trouble, they don't wanna cause anything and so they mind their own business. And I was actually watching one And it was a bullying scenario, and there were three boys at a table all having hot fudge sundays. And one of them announces really loudly that he has a peanut allergy and that he'll just like swell up and fall on the floor if he has any peanuts. And then he excuses himself to the restroom. Well, his other two friends get a side of peanuts and start crushing it and stirring it into his milkshake. Again, all actors... But it's like, they're, you know, they're gonna poison this kid. You guys would not believe this cute little old man like was ready to go to blows with these little boys. And then the what would you do, you know, camera crew comes out and says, you know, that's great, sir, that you're standing up and whatever. But sometimes people mind their own business. And I'm sure all of us at one point in our lives have been in a situation where maybe you see something happening with strangers and it's an opportunity to step in and say, hey, are you okay? What's going on here? Is this, what's, what's happening? Or so you f- if you see someone being taken advantage of, right? It's an opportunity to step in. But as I said, some people mind their own business. And here's the problem. Some of us are guilty of minding our own business when it comes to our own lives. Oh, I'm just minding my own, bu- it's your, li- I'm just minding my own business. Yeah, but it's your life. Nobody can live your life for you but you. Don't mind your own business when it comes to your life. If we aren't actively involved, showing up for our lives, we've got our head in the clouds, and we aren't an active participant, that's dangerous. You are in charge of your life. You are. Of course, understand me, we must always submit to God. Always. We must always submit to God, but and put him first in our lives, but you are in charge of your life and whatever you plant or you don't plant is entirely up to you. Nobody can do your planting for you, right? Amen. Proverbs sixteen nine says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So the Lord directs our steps, but we still have to plan. We still have to plant. We still have to make room for the harvest. So doing nothing is a choice, and another result of doing nothing is wasted potential. I've got this bag of seeds, this bag of talent, giftings, and abilities that God has blessed me with, but rather than plant it, I store it away and I hide it. And I tell myself, maybe this time next year I'll plant And so we carry off our potential, and we do absolutely nothing with it. How did this happen? I just, I don't get how this happened. I am shocked to my very core. What in the world? Are you kidding me? We should never be surprised by our own lives. And don't get me wrong, sometimes in life, Circumstances beyond our control happen. I'm not talking about that. If we are really honed into what's growing or what's not growing in our lives, what we are choosing to plant or not to plant, the choices that we're making or that we're not making, we should not be surprised by the consequences or the results of our actions. Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, said, You miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. How did this happen? I'll tell you how this happened. You stopped being an active participant in your own life. Don't be upset by the results you didn't get from the work that you didn't do. I came across that little inspirational gem last year. Don't be upset by the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. Why are we surprised? or even upset at the outcome when we didn't make the right choices to begin with? Why are we shocked when doing nothing is actually a choice? We want to talk about what we did do, right? It's easy to talk about what we did accomplish. I cleaned out the garage, I mowed the lawn, I went to work today, I got my laundry done, I exercised, I ate healthy food, I cleaned my house, I washed my car, I did my grocery shopping, I ran my errands. Well, good for, it's called being an adult, congratulations. (laughs) We're comfortable, right? We want a pat on the back for just like taking care of things that need to be taken care of, but whatever. Uh, We're comfortable with that. We're comfortable with talking about what we did do, but few want to take responsibility for or address what we didn't do. Why is it then what, that when there is something we don't want to do, everything else seems easier? Let me give you an example. I hate dusting to my very core. I would trade almost anything to not have to dust. I will pay someone to dust for me, right? Anything else is fine, but I don't like getting the Windex out and wiping down each and every little thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to be here all day. But in school, when there was a huge exam to study for, suddenly dusting became like the most wonderful thing because (laughs) it meant I didn't have to do what I was supposed to be doing oh, I'll dust, mom, yeah, no problem, and my my books are standing there just staring at me, right? When when we have really important obligations, like studying for exams, suddenly I'm like, yeah, where's the broom, where's the mop I got? I'm gonna just clean this house from top to bottom when normally that's of zero interest to me. But ignoring obligations, problems, responsibilities, or situations will never make them go away, right? By dusting the whole house, my stack of books and my exam notes were still there when I got done. Burying it doesn't remove the issue from your life. And ultimately, you and no one else are responsible for the choices that you make. And it's funny because I think sometimes as humans, we like to play the blame game we do. Oh, well, She's she told me to do this. That's why I did this. Or he, because he said, or he, he winked at me funny, and so that's why I did what I did. What? But often, I mean, it, it sounds stupid, but it's true. It's like we're letting other people guide us instead of the Bible, instead of God, but ultimately, I can't point a finger at anybody else for the decisions that I make. That's, I may be, have been influenced by someone, but ultimately the buck stops here. Every choice that we make is our responsibility, and it falls back on us, and we have to deal with the consequences. It was an accident. I don't know how that happened. I was just kidding. Oops. I didn't mean it. I didn't do that if you've been around a child for any length of time you've heard a phrase or two come out of their sweet little mouth just like that the funny thing is though adults also sound a lot like that humans are great at giving excuses and boy some of the excuses we come up with are real humdingers aren't they it's like we ought to frame that that's a good one we can they're so good such good excuses that we even convince our own selves it's a good reason for why we didn't start or why we didn't take a step forward why don't we start why don't we just start too often we focus on our own limitation on our own shortcomings on our own lack of talent and our own lack of ability but never should we ever Put our humanity or our limitations on God I can't oh but he can right I might not be able but he is always able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think I don't know he knows and he cares don't hide from your life life is passing you by and you deciding to do nothing with it? Not doing nothing is a choice, that's life passing you by. But we were made for so much more. And so it's important that we wait on the Lord, that we pray for guidance and wisdom and understanding, so that each and every choice that we make propels us forward and lines up with God's perfect will in our lives. And how do you know that you're on the track and making right choices? you're moving forward. God doesn't take you in reverse. We don't go backward in the, when the kingdom of God, we move forward. So it's always onward and upward, onward and upward, onward and upward. So if our choices are dragging us down or pulling us back to where we used to be, then you're really not on the right track. And this time, six months from now, your field is not going to look like what you want it to, and our the, the fruits of our field should never surprise us. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 9 through 10 says, The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good for the lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers if you obey the voice of the lord your god to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God's got us. He really, really does. So stop worrying about what you can or cannot do. Let God worry about that. If he's put it in your hand, it's to be planted so that there can be a harvest, so that there can be a blessing, and he will always carry you through. The most important choice that you will ever make is choosing this day whom you will serve. When we've got that straight, the other choices seem to kind of fall in line with what we're supposed to be doing. Because when we put God first, suddenly the Ten Commandments are not a drag. It's like, oh, no, I get it. I, it's easy. And you know what? It's when you're in love with Jesus, it's so easy to follow him. But it's when our hearts are divided or we're still making choices that don't glorify him or magnify him, it can become hard. If, if serving God is hard or if walking in his way or if living a holy life is hard, I, I would venture to guess that you haven't fallen completely head over heels in love with our God. Because it's easy, it's blessing, it's opportunity that you never thought you would ever have You make one tiny little step, and then he just moves you all the way forward. Thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, choose for yourselves this day whom whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And you know what? Every morning when we wake up, Sometimes we're going to have to remind ourselves, this day, I'm choosing to serve God. It's not a bad idea every time your toe steps out of bed in the morning. This is not about me. This is all about him. This is not about selfish desires or choices. This is about choices that are going to matter for eternity. This is about choices that are gonna matter to the people who are watching my life. This is about choices that are gonna matter for my purpose and for God's perfect will in my life. When you choose God above all else, all of your other choices should follow suit. Keep him first in your life and what we plant, what we harvest, and the results of our choices will only serve to glorify and magnify God. Would you stand with me?